God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we are still fighting the good fight here at the Scott Adams Show and around the around the globe. I'll tell you what. It's uh it's it's really it's really getting the the swamp is getting deep, you know, the stench is getting thick. Uh, around D.C., uh, but also in New York. You know, I just, uh, as I was preparing for the show, uh, this is not really part of the news that we want to cover today, but uh, um, Fox News is parting ways with Judge Napolitano after Judge Napolitano was harassing male employees. That is according to the Gateway Pundit. Wow, that's a... It's a little bit of a surprise, but I was never a big fan of Judge Napolitano. And it just, once again, kind of illustrates Trump was right again. You know, these people that, you know, these, uh, who was the guy um, that, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, <laughs> the reporter that was uh, masturbating during a Zoom call during the COVID, you know, time. Um Oh, forget his name. But in any case, uh, these people pass judgment on Trump, like left and right. And and then they have all these skeletons in their closet. I can't imagine being, you know, someone like that where, you know, with that level of hypocrisy, living that level of hypocrisy. But that is the left, right? That is absolutely sort of like the way liberals are, right? And that's the problem we have with it. Take, for example, Obama's birthday. Barry and Michael, they're throwing a big shindig out in their $12 million uh, home that probably has a carbon footprint the size of uh, Texas. I mean, it's at sea level, folks. 
It, I thought climate change people like it wasn't Obama that said it was Obama that yeah it was Obama that said it it was Obama that said it that climate change is an existential threat more dangerous than nuclear war more dangerous than nuclear weapons he said it I didn't I wouldn't have said it he was lying when he gave that commencement speech to the Coast Guard and to the Navy and said, folks, kids, we got to worry about climate change and the rising sea level. And then, oh, he gets the Iran deal, kickbacks city, $150 billion going around Washington and Iran and elsewhere to get everybody to play ball with the money in the pay-to-play scheme, which was all the Iran nuclear deal was. It was a way to free up $150 billion and spread it around a little. You know, just like he said to Joe the Plumber, we're just going to spread it around a little. Redistribution of wealth on steroids, which in essence really was Obamacare. It's like healthcare is one of the most expensive things you can buy, right? I mean, healthcare is very expensive. And it got more expensive under the Obama regime, except for the fact that the government's now giving it out to people. So healthcare could be very expensive. It was like, I remember when it used to be two, three, four hundred dollars a month. Then all of a sudden it was like eight hundred dollars a month, twelve hundred dollars a month for a family plan for your children and your spouse. It could be $1,800 a month or more. If you have a pre-existing condition, which I'm against pre I'm against that whole screening of pre-existing conditions. I, I think that that should not be a question. But that is a very, very difficult uh, piece of the puzzle for medical. I understand that you don't want to buy into a pre-existing condition if you're an insurance company. And it's interesting, too, that the insurance companies aren't complaining about COVID cases. We're going broke. We have so much COVID to, 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 uh, to finance with regard to medical conditions and the ventilators and the hospital bills that are racking up. The insurance companies never took a hit. You never saw one of them going out of business during COVID. Yet somehow the hospitals were full and everybody was dying. The insur- you never heard one thing about the... And the other part is about COVID. Never heard one story about the epidemic permeating through homeless shelters. None of the homeless were getting COVID. (laughs) Just like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were banned for use because uh, they said that they could be dangerous. Yet they've been used for 60 years for lupus and malaria and things like that for hydroxychloroquine. And they've been used for years, and people have been taking it for years. No one's been dying. It's been tested, proved. But because it was out of patent and there was no money to be made, they banned it. Well, homeless people, too. They're, that's not a moneymaker. Let's not talk about the homeless. They're, they're worthless and nothing. We'll just shoo them aside, not talk about what might be happening or, or really the problem is not happening. They were not dying off. These people weren't dying off from COVID in any kind of way. 
that would be like you would see die, people dead in the streets in San Francisco and elsewhere. Just like this COVID thing, no one seems to really have a a real concern about the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are packed like sardines at the border carrying COVID or carrying diseases from all countries like Syria and and countries in Africa and elsewhere. Terrorists, jihadis, cartels, the worst of the worst, human traffickers, murderers, Weapons distributors. You know, I always said the four currencies on the black market are guns, oil, human trafficking, and drugs. I'll say it again. Guns, fossil fuels like oil, human trafficking, and drugs. And they're traded on the black market. And that's what was going on between Ukraine and the Middle East, weapons and oil, and then poppy seeds over in Afghanistan and drugs. And then you got the human trafficking and the cartels and the coyotes. And people like Lindsey Graham get rich from this stuff. He and John McCain were doing business all over the black market. They were the black market kingpins. And they're just a bunch of liars. You know, Lindsey Graham, the only reason why he's sitting in office with COVID, apparently, even though he was fully vaccinated, and yet he's still trying to bargain for the left, trying to say that somehow he's better off now with that he had his vaccine and it's a very mild condition because he had the vaccine. Despite the fact that I just read from the CDC, Walensky herself, the direct, CDC director, said that the viral load associated with people with COVID uh, is no different. There's no disparity between people who are unvaccinated and people who are vaccinated in terms of the viral load that they carry when they get the virus. And therefore, if your viral load is high, your ability to spread is in correlation with the viral load. So if you have a higher viral load, you're going to be a spreader. So there's no difference. So what is the difference between an unvaccinated and a vaccinated? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The, and and it, what, what, what is most bothersome is that they're lying to us. And what else is bothersome is they're not admitting when they're wrong. They're not admitting they made mistakes. They're not admitting, they're just saying, trust the science. And nobody even has a clue as to what the science is because it's so confusing. CDC changes their guidelines every other month. <clears throat> I could do a better job than that. It's almost like, you know, that, that study where they had a bunch of monkeys investing in the stock market. And then you had a bunch of whole, these hotshot Wall Street analysts. And there was hardly any different. The monkey did just as well as the hotshot Wall Street analyst with the convertible BMW and the hot-looking girlfriend. 
what's the heck? It's just it's a bunch of crap we're we're dealing with these days. But let's get back to the Barry Satoro birthday party. He's turning 60. He's got this beach house with a carbon footprint the size of Texas, as I said. I know that's an exaggeration. But it's big. It's a beautiful house. $12 million. I wonder if the banks had some sort of an underwriter check for the water tables and check for all kinds of different little things that could go wrong with a house that expensive. I bet they did. I bet those underwriters didn't worry much about the water tables or the sea levels like those climate change people do. But wait a second, isn't Barry Satoro a big climate change guy? We just got done telling you his commencement speeches said it's more deadly than nuclear war. So he's got this party. They're going to call it a super spreader. Let's see, Governor Whitmer's husband can go out boating when no one else can. Gavin Newsom can go to uh, the fancy French restaurant and spend tens of thousands of dollars on dinner and get away with it. Uh, Not wearing masks. You got uh, Muriel Bowser not wearing a mask at this wedding. And they tried to lie to you and say, See, it's the lies, isn't it? It's the cover-up. It's worse than the crime. No one's complaining about not wearing a mask or being yourself or even throwing a party for 700 people. Well, 500 guests and 200 workers. No one's complaining about it. God bless you. The only thing I have a problem with is you were a public servant, and all of a sudden, you know, you got a $12 million house, and... You're inviting the world's most important people like Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, and George Clooney, to name just a few, to a hot shot thing where you think they're going to come in by uh, 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 mule? Horse and carriage? You think they're going to come in? Well, even horses now, apparently to the left, blow off some flatulence, and that's not good for the environment either. But I guarantee you, that the Lear jet, the uh, private jet that they're flying in on, isn't good for the environment, according to, not me, really, because I could care less. According to their own standards, their own hypocrisy. So we're just going to fly in on a private jet, hobnob out on a $12 million home with a carbon footprint the size of Texas, at sea level in Martha's Vineyard, where their work, worker shortage is in a real pickle. So they're going to have to bus in or bring in a whole bunch of workers to fill the jobs. They need 200 workers to throw this party for Barry Satoro, some poor little guy from Indonesia and Kenya, ancestry. But yet somehow he hates America. Cops are bad and America, is, uh, the founding fathers didn't know what they were doing. According to Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Obama, they, uh, the founding fathers were a bunch of racists. 
and that we need to change. We need to fundamentally change America because America, according to Barack Obama, was imperialistic, colonialistic, and a tyrannical invader of developing nations. That was his view of America. We're high up on our horse, and we need to be taken down a notch. So we're going to go and apologize to the world for our missteps. We're a bunch of racists. Never mind the fact that it was the Democrats that wrote the Jim Crow laws that he was probably referring to. And look it up. Just go to Wikipedia, look up Jim Crow laws, and you know what it's going to say? It's going to say, Jim Crow laws were segregational laws that were written by state and local Democrats throughout the South. And Governor Wallace was the Democrat governor that stood in the doorway. And Jefferson Davis was the Democrat going against the first elected Republican, Lincoln, um, to advance and prolong slavery. And the Republicans voted against it, wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, voted against it, uh, voted for black people against slavery in the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. And the Democrats fought them tooth and nail on these things. Said it was wrong for, for, for black people to be equal. It was wrong for black people to vote. It was wrong for black people to not be slaves. That was a Democrat's mantra there for the longest time. It's one of the reasons why I, I would never want to be a Democrat. But Democrats don't care. They just continue to lie. And they'll tell you that everything that happened from the 40s to the 60s and the 80s, well, that was all flip. It was, a, it was like a, something flipped upside down. And somehow they did a switch. No, well, the only thing that switched was when the Republican voices went carpetbagged their way south to win elections against these numbnuts, racists, that were running the show in the south. Uh, next thing you know, and black people started to uh, vote. It was the Republican view that actually won the elections in the south and took it away from the southern Democrats. And guess what happened? All those states became ruby red until Dominion showed up and tried to reverse that. And now these stupid election machines are rigging elections in Georgia, Louisiana. It'll soon be Missouri. You watch. Because remember, I told you about that Missouri surge and the COVID spike coming from probably, you know, if you were to like look at heat, heat sink, heat lamps, you know, those um, maps, heat maps. They're called heat maps. And you're to do like hot zones. If you're to do that statistic analysis, you would see where you would see COVID spikes are correlating with uh, the distribution of, of uh, migrants, illegal migrants, mind you, that will never show up for a court date who are just going to wait it out in sanctuary cities where you're not allowed to ask them for an ID. You're not allowed to question them. And they'll get a job in a gig economy 
And why is that? How is that? Because the people on the board of the gig economies, like, say, you take Lyft, right? Uber and Lyft. You know, those people that drive the cars around and pick you up and take you places. And you have a phone app and all that. And it's all done virtually. All these people that are doing all these phone apps and stuff, you never get to see who they are. They could be illegal for crying out loud. And chances are they are. And the people that sit at the top of these boards, like Valerie Jarrett, you remember Valerie Jarrett, the Obama right-hand man advisor, top advisor, the person that was really the eyes and ears of of, of Barack Hussein. And she's now on the board of a lot of things. You got the people on the board of Netflix. You got people on the board of Lyft and these gig economies and all these conduits. And I call them conduits, almost like a uh, underground railroad, you know, where it was facilitating migration of black people to the north. Well, this is um, facilitating illegals into the into the job market so they could be self-sustaining and they could, you know, help finance their way because otherwise you'd have uh, they would be outed. They would be starving to death and they would be exposed. So in order to blend in, they need to try to maintain in some fashion. And then they're allowed to send their money back home to their families, which doesn't help our economy at all. It seems like it's always about America being last. America is the land of opportunity, but nobody and gives gives to them, but they never give back to America. Heck, they don't even bother to learn our language. And that's another problem. So Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Obama, is throwing a birthday party in a $12 million house. People flying in with uh, private jets at sea level where there's no concern about the rising tide or the raising sea level from the ice caps melting. Nobody's worried about any of that. And the bank who financed that whole project, a $12 million house, they have underwriters that have investigators and all kinds of engineers that look into that landmass and say, the investment's sound, sir. The investment's great. We have no concern whatsoever that over the next Several decades, this house will be a wonderful place to live. And I mean, he's right there at sea level, near the water. I mean, it's amazing. No concern. Mr. Climate Change, who wants everybody to panic that, you know, California is not even going to be a state. It's going to be underwater and and Florida is going to be underwater before you know it. Casio-Cortez says, you've got 12 years before these coastal properties are underwater. Heck, Biden even said that that, um, that building collapse in Florida not too long ago uh, was a, a result of climate change. He even tried to spin that one until he was outgunned by like a guy with a brain, talked about the idea that it was built in 81 on a swampland. That may have been the first clue. Uh, and none of the other properties are built right seem to be having any of these problems. So, 
You know, I'm hearing some very disturbing stories about Arizona uh, and the Maricopa County um, election. And that concerns me. Uh, I was talking to some people who are in the know, who are not thrilled with what they're seeing, and I think that there might be some payoffs going on. Um, and so there seems to be uh, a real conflict between the elections board, the, uh, within the Maricopa County Election Board. Despite their subpoenas, they're not getting access to the Dominion voting machines. I want to take a listen to Maricopa County Elections Director Scott Jarrett seems to exhibit odd body language. Oh, this was oh this was in 2020. Okay, so th- this is interesting. Okay, yeah, this one, this this clip here. So let's take a listen to this. This, this is, th- does not have to do with the audit, but this has to do with Maricopa County being potentially. Um, like the tea leaves. If you go back and you look at what happened before the crime, you might discover some things. And this Scott Jarrett abruptly stopped what he was saying. And this was in uh, 2020 before the election. Let's take a listen. Mr. Chairman, so I just want to let everyone know that uh, we've been working very diligently the last several months to implement the Board of Supervisors approved election day and emergency voting plan. Uh, and that, But in the last several weeks, there have been some issues with us being able to identify enough supplies, whether those be cleaning supplies. And then we also had some polling locations fall out um, over the last few weeks. So last night with the board, we made some, uh, the board made a decisive action to approve a plan and give me the direction to be able to reduce the number of voting locations that we would then be able to provide those voters and those voting locations with the supplies they need, those cleaning supplies, those sanitation supplies that we can then disinfect those high touch surfaces in those polling locations. So those voters, if they wanted to vote in person, they'd be able to have that, uh, that polling location be available to them and then our poll workers would be able to make sure that all those high touch surfaces were cleaned. So what this plan does is that we've had 229 polling locations available um, prior to the plan. And then after the, the board's vote, I went and performed an analysis to make sure that all those voters had uh, 151 vote anywhere vote centers. This now, we are taking this from those voters had 41 vo- voting locations before these 151. Now they have um, 50, 151 vote locations that they can choose from. And then with that, um, we're also going to be um, providing uh, those voters with uh, uh, the options and the ability to, uh, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Hmm. Go ahead, Steve. Well, first, <laughs> I want to remind the, the public uh, that the, the, the ever-changing world uh, that, that we are living in is creating some stress for all of us, but um, we want to just make the voter assured that, that we are going full speed on having a, a great election as we are tasked to do. So, All right, so what happened there was uh, it's hard to that, – that didn't translate as well as I was hoping. Um, so Maricopa County Elections Director Scott Jarrett 
seems to exhibit odd body language and he just quit mid-sentence. He can't do this anymore, he said. Leaves the podium while explaining the board's plan to reduce the amount of voting stations. So he was making stuff up out of whole cloth because he was told to do something he didn't feel comfortable in doing. And that was the kind of odd behavior that people were uh, exhibiting. Which, uh, you know, is cause for concern knowing what we know now. All right, so the election, uh, if you go to, if you go to um, Gateway Pundit, there's a lot of information related to election fraud, and it's real. But what's happening, it seems, is, you know, there's a bunch of people that uh, in Arizona that are fighting the access to the uh, election machines. And that seems to be a bit of a problem. Um, and you just wonder, you know, suppose code monkeys or uh, cyber ninjas got paid to do a job. And no matter what, you know, they got paid, I think it was, uh, they got uh, one nest egg of $8 million and something. I mean, they, got, they got some initial funding and it, it was in the millions. And... A lot of these people are getting rich overnight conducting these audits, and it's great business for them. And they, they want to do a, a great job, and that's, that's what they promise. They're promising to do a wonderfully great job. Okay, great. But what if someone else comes along, you know, like China, where, you know, $10 million is nothing to China, right? $10 million is nothing to a big government. It's just chump change. It's a crumb. I mean, you think about just the Iran nuclear deal was a $150 billion. What is $10 million to $150 billion? It's a crumb. It's, it's, a, it's an accounting error. That's what it is. It's so easily overlooked. Oh, we missed $10 million over here. $10 million can change your life and mine, come both at the same time. I mean, $10 million is a lot of money. But it's nothing when it comes to these big governments. And they go over and they say, we got $10 million to make it so you won't have access to certain things that you'll need to, you know, to turn a blind eye to the, the machines or to turn a blind eye to something. And that is one of the concerns I've always had uh, regarding this. And it's why you never really heard me making these grandiose promises about what's going to happen. I was one of the first on the Scott Adams show here to say, I don't think we're going to learn much until uh, August or September because they had to verify all these signature envelopes still. And a lot of people were thinking that it was going to be coming out sooner and making a lot of these promises and the results aren't going to be coming forthwith. And then even after they get the results, depending on what the results are, there's going to be litigation. Uh, if the results are bad for the Democrats, you better believe the Democrats are going to fight tooth and nail. And then there's going to be, it's going to get very litigious. The Republicans don't seem to fight half as dirty and half as scrappy 
as the as the Democrats do. And that's a real that's really unfortunate when you think about it. And that's what we're faced up against though is just these audits. And then we're fighting basically against tyranny at the same time. We have a government that's lying to us and we have to we have to learn to fight back. So I'm going to go through some of my social media and get uh to a couple of different um get to a couple of different things that I wanted to report on and that I keep keep on for uh forgetting uh to 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 mention uh in the shows because the, the shows go so quickly that I I so many things are on the cutting room floor that I wish I would have shared with you. And so I want to go back and just read a couple of these tweets and then we're going to talk about them. First off, in Milwaukee, there is some uh, uncovered emails that show that Milwaukee Elections Executive Woodall Vogue was laughing about the election steal on election night. They got this email exchange that was indicating that there was election fraud. That was kind of an interesting little tidbit right there. Um, Another thing is there are uprisings. um, That's the election fraud. Now, with regard to the COVID restrictions, that's the other topic I wanted to talk about today because what's happening in Australia is that their own military now is fighting against their own people. And what happens in Australia and what happens in the United Kingdom and in France and in in the Western states, Western countries, um, what happens in these countries, you better believe can happen in America because these are supposed to be democracies. Uh, We have a republic uh, that has democratic elections. We have to be concerned you know, because Brexit wasn't, Brexit was sort of like a precursor to Trump. And what happens in America also, like with the, even if it was the housing crisis, then happened all throughout the world. It's a domino effect. And it seems like the globalists are getting their talking points from the, from the world organizations like the WHO for, for all kinds of mandates and restrictions. And they're all in popular consensus with one another. And they're all doing pretty much the same thing. What's happening in Canada, where police are going in and doing a head count. Uh, and if you have a party of five people, you could get arrested, pulled out, and thrown in jail just immediately without due process. Meanwhile, people like Obama are throwing 700 people parties. It's not fair. Nobody's complaining that you can't have the party. People are complaining about the hypocrisy. What, what, uh, is, what's good for thee is not good for me kind of deal. Well, you know, you're going to be paying the taxes and living the hard life, and we're going to live like royalty. And, you know, um, Ben, uh, not Ben Stein, um, but on Tucker, Stein, uh, his guest, uh, guy with it, like, it sounds like he's a British accent. Lives in Canada, actually, I think. But um, in, in any case, he was making the, the statement that it's not just what's happening in America is not just about the draconian mandates and laws and the hypocrisy 
of the leaders having one set of lifestyle and the taxpayers having another. It's almost like the liberals are wanting to have a king. It's almost like the liberals are putting themselves into some sort of a peasantry where they look up at the elites and they say, well, it's okay that Gavin Newsom, um, it's okay that Gavin Newsom has those benefits because he's, he's a great man. He, he's, a, he's a wonderful human being. Obama's great, so therefore he can do that, but we can't. And uh, that's, the, that's the problem with it. And um, let's see if I can find that clip. Um, I don't know if I can, but uh, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was a good clip, though. I think it was uh, Mark Stein. No. Well, let's see. No, I don't have it. But I wish I did. It's a Mark Stein. Mark Stein is the guy. And uh, it was a very good clip, though. And it makes a lot of sense because I'm, I'm beginning to think that there's some MK, MK Ultra going on here where people are being brainwashed into thinking somehow that they, uh, they are less that they, that they are not deserving. And uh, I was thinking I was going to get lucky while I was talking. And I can't find it. That's too bad. It was a funny clip. It's kind of funny and interesting at the same time. Maybe I found it here. No. All right. Sorry about that. Get this straight. It's a live show. So. All right, so let's go back and uh, continue with what... So, the, 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 the Mark Stein thing, you know, I mean, I think that the point that he makes is that we're being, and we're being conditioned to thinking that somehow it's okay for our leaders to have one set of rules, and I think we're conditioned even by what we saw with Hillary Clinton, right? She got away with it, and then Trump had a whole different standard uh, of justice, so all of Trump supporters got their doors broken into. But the Podestas never did. The Podestas were just as bad, if not worse, I think really worse, than a lot of the Trump supporters or, or advisors. And the Podestas got away with it. They were into all kinds of creepy stuff. But they, didn't, they never got their door busted into. You know, and Hillary Clinton should be behind bars. And all these people that you see, like Obama, for, for crying out loud, throwing a big, huge party in your face, counter to, counter to what the mandates that he endorses says you should do. He's breaking all kinds of rules. Oh, you see, people say, well, you only turn 60 once. Hey, you only die once, too. There were funerals that were put on hold. People couldn't go to their own parents' funerals. People couldn't have a wedding. There were weddings that were put off. You only get married once, too. You only get, uh, to, to some eyes, right? Um, you only die once. You know, there is a lot of a sacrifice in this country. And it gets just thrown right back in your face. And it's that level of hypocrisy that's just so hard to swallow. It's not the idea of freedom because conservatives want that. So Tim Swain says... Uh, 
Don't let live. Um, oh, so this is I'm going back to the the well here in terms of the uh, social media. It's a little unorganized. Don't let libertarians like Christy Noem screw over the conservative movement by hiding behind uh, small government to do absolutely nothing. We need leaders to wield power and win. Well, I compare Christy Noem to Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis. When it came to uh, transgenders in women's sports, stood for women's sports against the infiltration of transgenders in those sports to ruin those sports overnight. And Christy Noem, she's a very uh, good, uh, you know, she's very athletic. You can see by her fitness. And she loves women's sports, but she did nothing to stop that. She bowed to the pressure from the NCAA. And she uh, used excuses about litigation uh, that she wasn't didn't have a good case, and that she was basically bowing to the pressures from the NCAA. And I I think that that kind of leadership is just a lot of talk and rhetoric without getting the nitty gritty done. DeSantis got it done. Christy Noem did not. And what we have to we have to realize. Like I said yesterday, there's a lot of infiltration in our party where the people are saying all the things you want to hear, but they're doing it because they want to advance their career. They're doing it because they want to rise that ladder. They're doing it, and a lot of people in radio media and television media are doing it because they want to rise that ladder and get more media dollars. They're doing it because of greed. They're doing it because of ego. They're doing it because they want to be up on the stage with the microphone in their hand. And they want to have a vo- bigger voice. Never mind that the voice is not truthful. And I just think that, you know, we need to hit the reset button and realize what we're doing. And what we try to do here with the Scott Adams show. I don't have any commercial. I mean, I have commercials. They're for the whole Red State channel. I could put those commercials on my show and break the show up and have all kinds of commercials. I choose not to because I can afford not to. But the idea is I'm not making any money from not having any commercials, obviously. I'm doing it because uh, it's actually very important that we get, um, get it straight do I win or do I um, benefit at all by, you know, uh, calling some people out who are, you know, in the Republican camp? Not really, because a lot of our listeners like a lot of the people that I'm not big fans of. And, you know, it impacts my bot, my, my listener base. And uh, I want a bigger megaphone. I want a bigger voice, too. But I'm not going to sell out to do it. And I think that a lot of people have. In fact, I know they have. And I've had conversations with a lot of people you couldn't even imagine. I know a lot of things about a lot of things that I've never said on this air and probably never will. But I know what's happening. I'm in the business and I know exactly what's going on. So Jewish Deplorable writes, we went from live free or die to live free unless there is a virus with a 99% plus survival rate. (laughs) Yeah, right? Dominion voting machines arrive in Ohio County, costing $6.17 million up front, 
machines include software to evaluate voter intent. So Ohio is doubling down on stupid in Stark County, Ohio. They just did this. They don't have enough money to fill a pothole, but they have enough money to buy these stupid machines. What's going on there? So I wrote this. I said, uh, this is my tweet. I said, government is using private multinational corporations to enforce unconstitutional laws, control, censor, and indoctrinate citizens using resources and assets paid for by citizens. Reminder, there are more citizens than people. We must end this tyranny now. One of the things that's true is this whole thing about masks again. See, if they were to say, you don't have to wear masks and masks are forgotten, we're never going to wear a mask again. If that were the case, then if you were to live your life for at least six months without wearing a mask, you would be really hard. You would be very prone to not wanting to put a mask on ever again. You would also probably find out that herd immunity was more important than uh, scientists like Fauci would indicate. And you would also learn that masks don't work, that the numbers aren't changing. Like you look at the numbers in Florida and they're not changing much. They're not masking. They're not doing all these draconian lockdowns and yet their numbers are fine. Look at Sweden as an example and compare that to the United Kingdom. United Kingdom went with massive lockdowns. Sweden did not. They have a very similar makeup of people in terms of blood type and and body uh, type. They have um, same kind of similar diets and uh, similar uh, region of the world. And Sweden's doing great because they have antibodies. Antibodies apparently are a lot better than vaccines that are proving not to be effective. So I think that the whole thing about putting the masks back on is basically trying to extend this drama out to the 2022 election. I think it's all about the 2022. And I think that also it's about conditioning for vaccine passports. And I think that the White House coming out and racing out and rushing out this whole thing that, hey, we're at 70% for at least one shot. 60% 60% when it comes to people having two shots. I don't think that number's accurate. I don't think it's that high. I think that what the government's going to eventually do is one day, once they get near the goalposts or the, the, the finishing line, they're going to basically proclaim victory, just like Bush did when he said mission accomplished too early. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to try to then use that number, that 70% number to compel corporations to exercise vaccine passports and mandates because these types of things are unconstitutional. They're segregatory. Um, that uh, it would never pass muster in the Supreme Court or never probably get enough votes in, in the Congress. So what the Democrats are going to do is rely on their corporate partners to carry out their dirty work for them. And once the corporations adopt this, it's going to be game over for our freedoms. And then there are going to be these phone apps and systems that are going to show, show you about your vaccine status. And then what's going to happen is that same app is going to also give you a social justice score, a social metric score. <clears throat> 
social media score, you know, your social score index. And that's going to impact your ability to get a loan. That's going to impact your ability to walk into a restaurant. It's going to impact your ability to shop at a store. It's going to have all kinds of impact on you. As I mentioned, Twitch is owned by Amazon. They said, we're going to judge you by something you do in your own private life. And if we don't like it, you could be off of Twitch. Owned by Amazon, we already saw what Amazon did to Parler. Amazon could very well stop me from getting into Whole Foods to feed my family or shop online to get the item I need and inconvenience my life to where it's a living hell. Isolate me from society. Not allow me to hang out with my friends and go to a club or a concert. And that's what where we're going. This level of control, even from Hitler's standpoint and standards, Mao Zedong and all kinds of crazy dictators, tyrannical leadership from the past, they never had the tools of cyber that they have now to control your every movement. Literally your every movement. Well, we see your contact traced over here and then you're over here. It's crazy stuff. We cannot let it happen. And that's why that freedom phone that was we were talking about was so important. We need to get either get off the grid and stop giving our information to these big tech companies or find another solution that allows us to have the benefits of a cell phone without the draconian measures that are associated with it. And it's no wonder that these liberals are running all of these platforms. It's not by mistake either. It's not that liberals are smarter than conservatives. It's access to opportunities. Where if you're a Trump supporter, you get fired from your job. If you're a Biden supporter, you get pushed up the ladder. If you're a Trump supporter, you don't get the front page story as a journalist writing for a newspaper. But as a Biden supporter, you get the front page, top of the fold. If you're, a, you know, and the same thing, Trump supporters don't get tenure. They don't get on the tenure track in universities. Now, the difference is, is if you have a conservative leader running the show, running the company, they're not looking at your politics to decide whether or not you rise the ladder in their corporation or not. But if you're a radical Democrat, like a Bezos or a, you know, a, a Jack Dorsey or a, a Mark Zuckerberg, you better believe whole hook, line, and sinker about liberal ideology or you're never going to get promoted up the corporate chain. You're never going to get the front page story. You're never going to get into uh, uh, the tenure track in the universities. And that's how it's run. And, you know, the scariest part of all, too, is the quickest way that you can collapse a country is by indoctrinating and tearing apart our education. Because it's our education that builds future scientists, future developers, future thinkers, future philosophers, future teachers. And these people who are learning from today's school systems 
are never going to be high achievers with the methods that are in play right now. And that will be the demise of our country. That will be the collapse. That will be where we are at a disadvantage as a people to the government that had the the education from the Ivy League schools that they needed or were told what was right and wrong. And they get to dictate the terms of what, truth. Sort of like what the Biden administration is already trying to do with regard to um, fact-checking. And it's all connected, you see. We're connecting these dots. And we're closer to that 1984 Orwellian uh, concept than than you could ever imagine. In, In large part, we're already practicing many of these methods we thought would never, ever exist in our lifetimes. And that's the scariest thought of all. That's what concerns me the most. Uh, Let's see. Charlie Kirk wrote, If the CDC doesn't recommend Obama cancel his birthday party, don't listen to when they recommend you shut down your business. If the CDC doesn't recommend Biden close the border, don't listen when they recommend you close your church. The CDC's recommendations are useless. You know, and until they don't close the border, the CDC ought to close the border, right? Never believe a word from the CDC until they decide until the border is closed. David Webb wrote something. He says it would be it would honestly be easier for everybody if Biden would just turn the teleprompter around and let us read it ourselves, <laughs> because that's all that's being done is Biden is reading talking points written up by everybody that's in a think tank in Washington, from the Brookings Institution to the Atlantic Council to the uh, spy chain, CIA, NSC, and State Department. They're the ones controlling our military and running the show in Washington, D.C. And that collusion with the mainstream media, the Mockingbird Press, is really what's being disseminated. And if you don't play ball and toe the line, You'll be out of a job, just like I was saying. And so it's, it, you want to know how we got here. That's exactly how it happened and how it is happening. And it's all about this conditioning. Don't let it happen to you. With that, your word brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, and uh, be sure to check out magapack.org buglecall.org and scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. We're we'll see you next time. The the steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper just to bury my kids right up to there.